week. Make sure you go back and listen to that. Or it might not make much sense. You'd be like, what the hell is happening here? Because <laughs> yeah. we're actually going to open this part of the interview. He's mid-sentence, so you actually have to go back and listen to no, the <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, so he's promoting his book. Uh, Young Fed Up Professionals. That's the one. Um, he, he's also been on the show before, so if you do want to know a little bit more about Junior, go check out those episodes as well. How to be a student entrepreneur. Yeah, parts one and two, because he's a serial two-parter. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some sort of magi- magic trick that he does. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, let's get on with the interview. We've obviously seen that from one of your chapters, you're kind of giving a bit of a warning and about where the world's going and why actually entrepreneurship is probably although it's most available to start nowadays as you say the barrier to entry is super low but at the same time it's a it's a necessity could you, you want to go into that a little bit yeah it's 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 so true i mean i'll, I'll tell you a, a true story i um i used to go to the bank a lot and um i used to bank at halifax and i went there every wednesday at i think about two o'clock or something like that um and i went to the bank for one reason because there was a hot girl on counter number five. That was, that <laughs> she's, was like, she's like, you know there is a cash point outside, Junior. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I used to go to that bank every single way. And all of a sudden, um, I was in the bank and um, she wasn't there anymore. I, I went to complain to the bank manager and that's how bad it was. I'm like, excuse me, there's that hot girl that used to sort of work at counter number five. Where is she? All the eye like, candy away. I'm not coming here ever again. That's it. So I, I stopped going to the bank. I was furious. I was, I was protesting. <laughs> Never went to the bank again. Has it affected my finances? No. Um, but everything I, I was doing in that bank, I, I could have been doing over the phone or online nowadays. Mm-hmm. So that paints a picture of, of how the world is and where the world's going to right now. If me, as a customer of the bank, has no reason to actually be in branch, then the bank has no reason to employ people like her. Um, so there's less and less need for, for, for that people. However, we still have universities packed with people trying to get her job mm-hmm. when there's less demand. So it's like, why? So that's this is why I say it's in a very we're in a very scary stage right now where there's and tomorrow anybody can bring an app that will just wipe out a whole industry, let alone a, a company competing with each other. The whole industry can just be taken away. Um, Uber. Yeah, exactly. So the the people that are really going to survive and succeed are the people that are creating all this cool stuff, all this innovative stuff. And I'm not just talking in terms of technology, but just in terms of services mm. as well. So that's why I say it's, it's so necessary in, in this day and age. Gone are the days where, you know, you just had one university degree or you did a master's and then you're secure for life. It, it doesn't work like that anymore. Well, now my accountant is QuickBooks, which is online. And then I get my accountant at the end of the year one day just to look over it and that's it. It's done. So I don't need an accountant all year long. There you go. The same today. I go to pick up a few bits of grocery, and instead of having someone serve me, I just beep it myself and pay, and I'm out. Yeah, literally, so. we live we live in a world where a human being doesn't actually have to leave their house mm. for whatever reason. I can get food ordered to my door. Um, I can get um, someone to come and walk my dog. I can order an exercise machine and put that in my living room and exercise there. I have no reason to actually live, leave my house anymore. I can run my business from home. And that's a, for some people, that's a very, very scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you're the person creating all this stuff, you're the entrepreneur, you're the person coming up with all these ideas, then it's an exciting time for you. 
Yeah. Definitely. Have uh, you, I'm sorry, Karen. I was going to say, have you read the um, book Average is Over? I haven't. I haven't. It's no. a great book that kind of sort of says exactly what you're saying there. And it's kind of, he says like, well, a bit like a mix with James Outcher. And what he says is just like, look, ideas are the new currency or you need to know how to work with technology. And you've got to be the guy who, if QuickBooks goes down on that machine stops working, you've got to be the person who kind of can go over there, beep it and make fix it right there and then. So it kind of saying that those are kind of like the jobs that are going to be most important in the future, or you're going to be the person who's putting together that creative idea or, so yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all, a, right now, I think we're still at the, we still need to educate people. Um, I think people are just going into it and then they're, they're going into it because everyone else is going into it. Um, not fully understanding what they're doing, um, which is, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think it would help if people did sort of, educate themselves on on how to become a better entrepreneur not just think i've got this one great idea and i'm going to make a million out of it because typically um coming from experience they they usually say you need about 10 to 13 failures before you hit the million pound idea Mm -hmm. Um, and for some people that's just two 10 to 13 times too much Um, and it's just too long for them and then they feel like you know they do it once or twice and think you know that idea didn't really work they don't bother to go and investigate why it didn't work or take the learning from it um, they just sort of quit and, and go search for a job, and, yeah. and that's because yeah, they don't, don't think that even takes into consideration. You fail thirteen times, you don't know how many lessons you got over those thirteen. Exactly, exactly. So, but you know, people that have failed are actually in a better position to mm-hmm. succeed. Um, and you can ask any investor if you stand in front of somebody. Um, I've been in pitching rounds where they've asked me how many times have you failed, and and literally that's what's got me through to the next round, or that's what's got me the investor because I said, listen, I failed this many times and they're like, this person knows what they're doing. Um, and I, as an investor myself, I'd I'll, I'll, I'll say the same thing. If you look at me and you stand in front of me and say, I, I want you know, 50,000 or whatever, and, but I've never failed before, that's, that's very scary hands to be putting your money into. Mm. Um, you want someone that's, that's failed and they've come back because that means they must have done something right to, to or they've learned a lot basically. So they, they're, in the, they're, 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 they're more experienced hands basically to, to manage a business and, and to, to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So um, just going back to like the future and the world that we're going into, I'd love to know where you think we're going to be in the world of work in like 20 years time. Like what do you think it's going to look like? Um, I think almost 90% of people would have either be running a business or or a side business. Um, it's almost like we're going to go away from the industrial age and back to the times where everybody was either a carpenter or, or, mm-hmm. or a farmer and stuff like that, and everyone had their own family business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but now it'll be a bit more of a small global business. So yeah. you'll be in China and your business partner's in, in America or something like that, mm-hmm. and you're collaborating together. Um, where globalization is making us a lot more closer together, there's no need for it to just be a sort of a close-knit local business. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see a lot more um, innovation happening, but you're also going to see it happening a lot faster, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so, yeah, pe- people, you, you definitely have a lot more millionaires, um, but it's not going to last for long. Where you have you know, companies like, I don't know, Boots and WH Smith, who've been around for 100 years, I don't think we're going to have that in the future. Well, I, I actually heard a statistic about like the turnover of those big companies. They say like a company nowadays, it used to last, say, I don't know, 60, 70 years or whatever. Now that turnaround is like 10 years. They already say like Facebook is on that sort yeah. of 
it's probably hit its peak and maybe could be on the decline. These sort of digital companies turn around a lot faster. Yeah, the the lifespan of a, of a average company nowadays would be probably about ten years max, and that's a, that's mm-hmm. a really really good good lifespan. Um, whereas before, you know, lifespan could be up to hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you'll see companies reach their peak very quickly, and then they'll they'll phase out very quickly because something else is going to take over. Which is why you need to keep moving as an entrepreneur. You need to keep coming up with new ideas. You need to keep innovating, or you need to keep jumping from one. Either, or either one industry to another industry and, and see what's emerging. And you have to have your sort of ears to the ground to find out what's the next big thing. Um, basically, you always have to stay on your toes. You, you can't be complacent and think, right, I've set this business up and we've just turned over a million. So that means next year we're going to turn over two million. Um, you might not even be around next year. Everybody might have forgotten you by next year. <laughs> what are some of the habits you do just to make sure you keep your sort of finger on the pulse? Um, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. So every time there's a new book out there and people recommending it, I'm I'm the first one to go and buy it. Um, I'm all, I'm still going on courses. I'm still going on um, seminars. I'm still learning. Um, I'm still finding mentors as well that can teach me new things. People have been there, done that, and um, so yeah, I I basically do that to keep myself on my toes. And and I'm still trying new things. Um, I've I've set up businesses almost every industry. Not every industry, but most industries anyway. And um, I think that's what keeps me sort of hungry to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I know how to do it and I can sort of just draw the business plan in like 30 minutes, then it's just too easy. Personally, I like I like the challenge of setting up something that I don't even know nothing about, going into that industry, killing it. And, and that's why I want my story to be not just, right, this person, we know that it's almost expected um, once you become sort of an authority figure in one industry, it's almost expected that, you know, everything you do will succeed in that industry and it's it's not as amazing. But if you if you were to step into a new industry, number one, you're gonna learn a lot, but number two, it's a, a bit more exciting as well. It makes for a bit more of a an adventure. <laughs> do you find that sort of I mean you say you switched a few industries, do you find like the sort of business skills kind of just play on like once you know one way to start a business, you know it in the other, or have there been some sort of things you've anything you've really learned along the way on how to be so adaptable to different industries? Yeah, the the, the principles for success, um, they they haven't changed over billions of years. Um so and it's still applicable to any industry and even with technology, um it's the the business principles are still the same. Stuff like focus more on adding value um it might be a bit more emphasized in some industries than others but the general principles are always the same um stuff like you know how to treat customers or or how to how to manage your finances and stuff like that those principles are always going to be the same um where the real learning is is more on the sort of the 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 secrets in that industry so what's currently working what's not currently working and trying to discover all of that um, which is why I love the startup stage. The only thing that makes a company a startup is the level of uncertainty that the company has. Um, it's not necessarily how long they've been around. You've been, you've had companies that have been around for about seven years, and, and they're, they're still not really sure about their industry, or they're, they're still not really sure what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so the faster you can get through that learning and actually eliminate all all of those things that oh, we don't know this, we don't know that, and eliminate all of that uncertainty, the quicker your company will grow. Um, so we're coming to the end of this sort of interview and um, obviously the main thing we want people to do is to, if they're in that situation, any of those situations you sort of um, described is pick up the book, but are there any sort of like 
final thoughts or kind of last call to action you'd give to people who are kind of I'm in an iron or should I get this book should I not what would you say to them um definitely get the book <laughs> not just because <laughs> not just because I'm the author but <laughs> um definitely get the book because the book is just the first stage um but it will put you on the right direction basically um there there are so many people that just sort of they they miss out that very first stage and that's why i'll talk about it's more about the decision making before you even make that decision this is the decision making process this is what you need to analyze so many people the danger is that they just make the decision Mm-hmm. without having all the information so they're making a, a decision that's not informed and then they go off and then they realize why it doesn't work afterwards if they bother to sort of take the learning out of it so for those reasons definitely um sort of get a book but um if there's any sort of real sort of final thoughts that i can i can leave you with is just keep learning just like any new thing um keep learning and don't make excuses um you hear it a lot especially in around entrepreneurial circles but it's it's so true because excuses are what hold people back oh i can't do it because of this or because i'm in this situation in that in that book you'll be in one of those six categories and basically i've given you a roadmap to to overcome any excuse whether you you've got you know people that you care for or you you can't leave the country for for this reason or you can't go set up your your business for this reason i've I basically find a way around every single excuse, no matter what situation you're currently in. <laughs> so no excuses so, allowed. So no excuses allowed. Um, literally, just go out there and, and make it happen. So things are changing around here now, and we're having to take a little bit of a break from the interview. We are. Because for all those keen-eared... Is that the right phrase? The people paying attention will notice that we now have a sponsor on board for the Wait. show. So a huge thank you to the University of Northampton for supporting what we're doing. Um, and yeah, both me and Jem went to Northampton, so they're a good fit for the show on that basis because we would never have met if we hadn't been there. I know, they plonked us in a room together. Not yeah. a room together, but in the same halls. <laughs> I would have been really pissed off if they plunked us in the same room. <laughs> we would have got to know each other so much better and so much quicker. So much more intimately. <laughs> but thank you for the uh, uni for supporting the show. And um, the, the reason we think they're a great fit is because... Unlike a lot of universities, they really, really focus on the entrepreneurial side of things, specifically social entrepreneurship, um, which is about uh, being entrepreneurial, but with a social message and, and with, a mission as with well. With good intentions, which good. we believe all, all business all should do. Time, but All the time. So we're really glad to have them on board. Uh, they'll be cropping up all the time. We'll be giving them a bit of a plug here and there. But check them out. University of Northampton. Northampton.ac.uk. Boom. So, yeah, thank you very much. Back to Junior. And when is this book available and how could somebody actually pick up a copy? So, um, so this book is going to be self-published um, because I have some sort of disagreements with publishers in the way I want to put things together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, <laughs> But it's um, so I'm going to re- release it about October because um, I'm I'll be doing a, a sort of schools tour mm-hmm. um, throughout October and November, um, doing lots of speaking there, and I'll also be doing a few international gigs throughout October and November. Um, so initially, I mean, the, the main reason why I, I needed to go to self publish is because I want to make the book free. Um, oh, I want to make the book. 
Yeah, so obviously publishers aren't going to be happy with that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I want the book to be free for, for people to access. So really, you have no excuse to not get the book. Um, <laughs> if it's just one click yeah. away, no credit card needed, no bank Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I want the book to be free. I just want the information to be in people's hands. To be honest, I, I make most of my money from, from speaking and uh, from actually business ventures. Um, so as much information I can share with people, it's, it's, it's just moving the, the entrepreneur agenda ahead anyway. Um, so the best thing people could do for themselves is, is to actually yeah, download it. It will be available on my website. Um, and also there will be print copies available as well. If you would want a print copy, you just sort of pay for postage and packaging. Or you can come see me at events and just pick up a copy for free and go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, all, there's lots of stuff that I wanted to do with the book. And, and I've been able to do with the book now that I get a lot more freedom, like um, making use of QR codes. So there's pages in a book where you can sort of scan your phone over and out will pop a video of me talking about something else. Um, cool. And so, yeah, so it's using sort of creative ideas that, that I didn't really get much freedom with when, when you go to sort of publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I want it to be a book that is ready, readily available. And, mm-hmm. and I was initially going to, I was always battling about whether to make it free or not. But um, I don't know if you've heard of Dan Priestley. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's. I, I was. I was with Dan one time, and, and we were speaking, and and I asked him, Dan, you, you, because he's 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 a fantastic guy and a really really amazing guy. He came into the UK, and within about four years, he started making millions, and now he's got companies all over the country, all over the globe now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I asked him, you know, how did, how, how, why are you so so you know, why are you, why are you everywhere? And he said, well, you know, I've got 10,000 copies of my book all over the place. And he made his book free. Okay. So, right. so cool. I thought, all right, I'm going to make my next book free then as well. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, challenge accepted. I guess so that's also, like, yeah. oh, I guess that's a bit yeah. of a fear of some people. They think, well, this is your best work here. This is the latest work. It's up to date. And a lot of people are afraid to give stuff away for free. But like you said there, like if you can get that into thousands of people's hands, it's going to come back to you somehow. It's like, like you say, you give, you're gonna, it's going to come back to you in value. Exactly. And it's, I guess it's something that I, I always sort of knew in the back of my head, but, you know, because you're talking to publishers all the time, like, no, no, you have to charge this amount for the book, and no, you have to make money out of this, and no, it's a big, big waste of money. Um, but then, you know, having that conversation with, with someone like Dan, and uh, he's a great guy. So he, if you guys like the book and you got it for free, then you can go and thank Dan Priestley for that bit. Give <laughs> 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 me that advice. So, yeah. So, so uh, just to clarify, what, what is your website and, um, and also social media as well, if anyone wants to hook up with you on there? Yeah, so it's just my name, Junior Ogunyemi, J-U-N-I-O-R-O-G-U-N-Y-E-M-I. Um, that's the website, .com. And, and I think the Twitter is the same. Um, the Instagram is just J-R underscore entrepreneur. Um, the book will be available on download from November. You, you can actually probably pre-download it. Um, I'll probably put it up a little bit earlier. Maybe we can do an exclusive. Um, <laughs> um, and ah, oh, yeah, <laughs> um, and and yeah, we'll 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 have other resources as well. The the toolkit as well is going to be available at the same time. Um, the toolkit you would have to pay for that because that's a lot of sort of content um, that I've worked with other people who who've been able to help me film it and stuff like that. So they need to sort of get their share out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the There'll be lots of lots of tools and lots of stuff readily available, and and yeah, I'll be doing lots of speaking engagements over the next, um, over over the next couple of months. Anyway, so it's a really busy period. I'll be in Sudan for an entrepreneurial conference. Wow. Um, I'll be traveling to Georgia. Um, in a, <laughs> the Georgia one's actually funny. It's um, 
so I got the email saying, hey, we want you to come down and speak at an entrepreneur conference in Georgia. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, yeah, ATL, Georgia, America. Don't mind. Um, they're like, no, Georgia is in Middle East. I'm yeah, yeah, I thought like, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, all right, first of all, I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't even know that, you know, they were really big on entrepreneurship like that. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's, a, it's been actually amazing to speak to the guys and organizers over there. And I'm, I'm really excited because they're at the sort of the pinnacle of it they've just not like they've just discovered technology but people especially young people are getting to grips with it and they're seeing the potential mm-hmm. um so that's going to be really really exciting just to sort of see how we can sort of push the entrepreneurial agenda um in those countries yeah i think, um, I think the governments um, as well are pushing it they're seeing that that is going to bring a lot of money into the company if you get all your young people being creative starting businesses it's going to be great economically anyway yeah yeah exactly so you, I think that's another thing we're going to see over the next sort of 20 years. The countries that do sort of get to grips and put technology into the hands of their young people, those ones are going to be the ones that will be sort of the, the most economically developed countries, really. One thing I just wanted to ask you, yeah. you're saying you're going into schools and stuff. Are you seeing schools picking it up a lot quicker now? Are they like on the ball with entrepreneurship or do you, or there some sort of, um, do you see them sort of lagging in some areas? I think schools are always lagging in every area, <laughs> to be fair. Um and yeah, you, you do get a lot of schools picking up a lot more, um, and they start to see, they're starting to see the the results basically that you know we're teaching these kids all this stuff, all this stuff. However, the real skills that they need are entrepreneurial skills. Whether they go set up a business or not, or whether they go work for someone, they still need these entrepreneurial skills. How to sell themselves, um, how to come up with ideas. Um, you're going to need that in all walks of life. So these are the skills we really need to equip them with. Some schools are spearheading that and and you know there are sort of loads of careers colleges out, out there so it's a lot better than before um but i think because of the nature of of schools they they are always going to be sort of the last ones to 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 sort of convince they're, they're just so rigid and there's so many layers to schools and and there's so many people that they have to answer to in the education system um so even if the message does come from the top it takes a long time to trickle all the way down mm. Um, so yeah, so there are some schools that are sort of leading the way, but every, every school has their own philosophy. And at the end of the day, you sort of have to respect the school's philosophy, but still try and emphasize the need on, right, your kids actually need this. And yeah, it's getting better, basically. It's getting better. There is a lot more demand. Um, for, I find that there's a lot more demand for me to be coming in and talk about stuff, um, and just sort of share my story. Um, with the young people and and it, you do get a couple of people say you know I'm set up my business because you came to my school two years ago and you, you mentioned this and this is what I'm doing now or I've just landed a dream job because of something that you said um, so I think just having that that touch points with the young people is is what I really want most to be honest that's awesome as you know this um podcast is called powerful nonsense i don't know if i asked you this question before but every guest we have on we ask them what is the most uh, powerful piece of advice you've ever been given and what is the biggest load of nonsense you've ever heard (laughs) so whether you can answer that again for us or for the first time yeah i think last time i said the most powerful piece of nonsense i heard is um (laughs) (laughs) um that entrepreneurs don't sleep which is a whole load of crap um (laughs) Uh, so I think I'll pick something different this time. I think the um, the dumbest piece of nonsense that I've heard is, um, do you know, it's going to have to be entrepreneur don't sleep. I, I, I hear it so it's many still, times. It's still getting out there, to be honest. I've it's still seen still videos all the time. There. I still see it's quotes. Like, like, I so, only slept for half an hour yesterday. And it's like, oh, it's just so 
dumb. I mean, it's, you think about, you know, fair enough, I understand the hustle mentality, but you hustle so you can sleep well. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. you, all these people that are sort of, you know, you, you admire and you think that, you know, they work around the clock. Yeah, they are working around the clock, but they're, they're being productive with their time. That's why they can get so much done. If you're not sleeping, then you're probably not being productive because I can do what you can do, but I can do it in four hours and you're taking 24 hours, so you can't sleep. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's really about a productivity issue, not, oh, I'm great because I, I sort of, I don't sleep and I'm an entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, the, and I guess the best advice that I've heard, there's so much to be honest, um, but it would be, it would be stuff about um, understanding what people want. It's not really, well, it's not, it's not really a quote, but I, let's, we can make it a quote now. I'll say it in a nice, deep, fancy voice so someone can tweet it and make we it a make quote. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. we'll make so it Instagrammable. It's, it's basically, it's know what people want, know why they want it, know when they want it, know where they want it, know how they want it, and you can't fail. Boom. I like it. That's it. That'll be a very long, um, I don't even know if that'll fit in 140 characters. It's going to be tiny, but we can, oh, it won't feel, it won't feel like Twitter, but I reckon we can get yeah. it on Instagram. <laughs> but that, that's it. Just know everything. Be as close to your, to your customers as, as possible. Basically, know them inside out, and there's no way you can fail. And what have you been reading lately then, Junior? Oh, loads of stuff. Um, I'm going to look at my bookshelf now. Um, da -da 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 Do you know, there's a powerful book that not many people know about. It's called um, Outwitting the Devil. Oh, is that Napoleon Hill? It's a secret one. I heard Napoleon about Napoleon Hill, yeah. Napoleon Hill. And, you know, obviously Napoleon Hill is like the most famous author, self-help uh -huh. author in history. But nobody ever knows about this book. Yeah, I heard but about this... that. And I haven't actually ordered it yet. It's on my to-buy to list. <laughs> Do you know what? This book has just got so many sort of life secrets it's it's um and i like the way it's, it's put so basically it's like napoleon hill he's interviewing the devil basically um oh, so amazing. it's like it's like a q a so obviously yeah. the devil's trying to mess everyone's life up and and so he's interviewing the devil and saying how do you what's your secrets how do you make people um fail and and the devil starts revealing all the secrets about you know i turn people into drifters and 98 percent of the world are, are drifters and and it's quite scary but it's so true that and sounds you start really good. Like, I, like, I think I'm going to order that as soon as I get off. <laughs> just the concept, uh, it, it's amazing. There's even um, there's an audio book version of it as well. Um, if you're very sensitive, it'll probably mess up with your mind a bit, but it, it's, um, it's very, very powerful. That's the audio version, scene. did you say? Yeah, there's, I think it's on YouTube. Does, you know, it, you does he sort of, speak like the devil? Yeah, it's got a oh. creepy devil voice. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Napoleon Hill's voice. Um, Sort of questioning him and, and having this sort of interrogation and and he's basically revealing because it's written it was actually written like i think in the 1930s but a lot of the stuff that they mention in the book you've seen it happen over time um stuff like talking about many people don't, don't know this but you know, i get people to drift by making them smoke cigarettes and and you think in the 1930s cigarettes were sort of seen as something not healthy but it wasn't actually something bad yeah, it's glamorous, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then over time, and he starts describing stuff that we sort of later on discovered in via sort of science and 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 technology that you know it's it's not actually very helpful. And this is what it does to your body. But he already he already knew that basically from from these years ago. Um, I've got to get that. that very so creepy book, but it's lovely. I'm, I'm addicted. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's an amazing book. Yeah. 
Cool, excellent. Well, it's been great to have you back on again, Junior, and I think the book's going to be a massive success. As I say there, you seem to have hit the nail on the head with a lot of the ways that people are thinking at the moment. Mm. And um, as you say, like entrepreneurship is the way forward. It is that it keeps you adaptable. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a great success, and I'm, I'm going to Thanks check out the me, course man. as soon as it comes out as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much, guys. And keep doing what you're doing. Do you know, I, I'm actually um, I'm a huge fan of you two. Thank you. You lot are like celebrities in my kitchen because every time I'm washing the dishes, I've got you guys on and listen to your podcast and and I'm just cracking up at your jokes as well. So (laughs) That's That's really good to hear, actually. It'd be great, great, actually, I was going to say, like, if there's any other people that you think would be great for us to get on, as you say, we're always looking for new people. So, yeah, please give us some names. That'd be great. Definitely. Will do. Excellent. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and, um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. That's Junior Part 2 concluded oh, I love speaking to Junior what a great guy he's on the ball he is as is his book yes. which is given away for free so if you want to get hold of that uh, check out keep an eye on powerfulnonsense.com check out his website and we'll kind of try and keep you posted for when he launches it so check that out I do believe it's coming out at the end of the month but again we're not 100 so yeah we'll keep it on powerfulnonsense.com updated so you can get your copy so keep those eyes peeled so until next time, I'm not going to say say classy this week. I'm going to say goodbye. See you later, guys.